Hey guys, it's MD, and you're listening to Relate with MD Chow. Thank you for listening to my podcast. For those of you that are new, welcome. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen, and I hope you'll subscribe uh, if you like the content that you're hearing. In this podcast, I want to continue uh, with a topic from the previous podcast about uh, personal taste versus competitive taste uh, in business, and really want to dive into how do you determine when something is competitive, when you have competitive taste or not. And I just say that there's plenty of data out there. You know, no matter what uh, business you're creating um, or what product or service you're creating. Um, you likely fall within a very specific uh, industry and very specific lane um, that already exists, in which there are already certain consumer behaviors uh, that have been tracked. And so the data is really out there for you to determine whether or not uh, the way that you're uh, putting out your product or service is competitive or not. If the messaging is competitive, if the creatives are competitive. And I would just say Google things. Uh, There's so many resources out there. Many great marketing agencies also put great resources out there um, as part of their content marketing strategy. So there's so much good content that's out there. Now, there are some things out there that are smoke and mirrors and not necessarily completely true. But when you look at the collective um, information that exists uh, from all types of different sources, you uh, come to a general understanding of what is competitive and what is not. You know, for example, um, the first thing that's important is that you want to make sure that you use the people's language. Um, you may have very specific terms that you uh, want to coin for uh, your business, for your product, or for your service, but uh, you're not going to coin any of those terms until you go out using the people's language using terms and using words that people typically use. Uh, in, the, in the case of um, making sure that you're found by search engines, uh, your ads and your content have to use language that people are looking for, that people are familiar with. If people have to figure out what you're trying to say as a first impression, that's not good. Um, so you want to use people's language. Now, you may have a certain level of uh, uh, endearment uh, with the terms you may choose to use for whatever reasons, whether it's it's a personal reason or scientific reason. At the end of the day, when you go out to market, you're trying to get regular everyday people um, to consume your product or consume your service. Now, in the case where, uh, let's say, you uh, are pushing out something uh, as an expert and you're trying to uh, get at other expert, well, then use the terms that uh, experts would understand. But if you have, if you are an expert creating a product or service for everyday consumers, you've got to use everyday consumer languages uh, and words, uh, the way in which people speak. Um, otherwise, uh, you won't be effective in uh, pushing out your product or your service. How about colors? Let's say you've got colors that are just your favorite and you feel like uh, this should be the colors that I go out with, the color of my brand, color of my company. Well, you can look up and search 
um, what are typical colors for specific uh, industries, or certain industries, and why those colors exist. And you can look up what colors uh, provoke uh, certain emotional responses from people and why. And in a pragmatic way, select the colors that you go out with, the colors that your your brand goes out with, your your product goes out with, um, as opposed to just letting your personal preference, your personal taste rule the roost. Um, because your personal taste may not be the right thing. It may not be the right choice. Um, so there are resources out there. For example, let's say you uh, are building a website or creating a document or some type of presentation and and uh, you're making a font selection. What fonts should you use? Um, you can literally search uh, what fonts are most effective for what industry and what fonts are uh are most compelling um, for certain types of people and what certain fonts communicate and what certain fonts uh, don't communicate. Uh, all of those things are searchable and they can be found. You can know what font combinations actually look good, which font looks good with other fonts, how do you combine fonts together. All of these things are very, very important, but you should never, 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 never make a decision just out of your own personal preference or your whims. Uh, when it comes to business, when it comes to marketing, you cannot follow your whims. You got to follow the data that already exists because you're not the first person to do business. You're not the first person that's trying to win customers. We've been trying to do this for a long time. And fortunately, because of the internet, the data is out there to be found if you want to find them. And uh, as an expert in the marketing field and in business building and brand building, I can tell you, you know, uh, the knowledge that I've gained has been from from knowing what's what exists and what's out there, and and from you know two decades of experience collecting all of the, that data in my mind and and updating that information in my own mind. Uh, but I can tell you this: uh, I never go into any business situation where I let my personal preference, my personal taste, rule the roost. Um, and that's something that's really, really important uh, to understand and something that's really important to me as a marketer, as an entrepreneur, as a business person, is that my personal tastes don't matter. My personal preferences don't matter. If I want to win market share, I've got to look at data. I've got to look at trends. I've got to look at what's already out there. I'm going to stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before me to try to win a customer base. In just a moment, we'll dive right back into the topic, uh, personal taste versus competitive taste. But if you own a business uh, now and you are struggling with uh, methodically going after your market and grabbing at market share and you need some ideas and you need uh, to assess where you're at, uh, we'd be more than happy to consult with you and to help you uh, figure that out. Uh, the agency that I own with my partner, Lee Covell, is very different uh, from probably any agency that you ever work with. Uh, in many ways, we are um, very iterative and very collaborative, um, but we'll keep it very real with you. Um, there's not a lot of hoopla or smoke and mirrors in the way that we approach uh, helping a business with uh, marketing, with getting out there and winning our market share. So if you need some help, feel free to visit our website 
www.apogeeunited.com. That's A-P-O-G-E-E united.com. We are working to update our our website and get uh, an entirely new one up. But for now, you can certainly go on there and submit your information on the form on our site and we'll get back to you and we would love to talk with you. Now, let's continue with our topic. And we're back. Now, many um, business leaders I know will hire uh, an expert to come and help them if they don't uh, do the research themselves or if they don't have the time to dive into the research themselves in terms of how to approach marketing uh, their product or service. Because, you know, marketing itself is a business of multiple businesses. It's a, it's a beast. It's very complex. There's a lot of knowledge uh, that you have to have. And it's not just information knowledge. I mean, uh, to be an effective marketer, you've got to have a lot of experience experiences under your belts, uh, meaning um, experimentations also, uh, as well as um, times when you've been successful and times that you failed. Um, so it's not easy to understand uh, the marketing game, although you could summarize it uh, relatively easily uh, if you um, have somewhat of a knowledge of marketing. But most people will bring in an expert uh, to help them determine what is competitive and what is not competitive. And I want to uh, sort of highlight a common error that I see a lot of entrepreneurs, business people uh, make when they hire experts is that at first they will listen and because they're excited uh, that they have someone who is an expert. But within the process of working together, and uh, figure out things together, um, they forget that there's a reason that the expert is there. And they begin to um, push more of their ideas onto the expert. And let me just tell you, if you put the expert that you bring in to help you in a position where they are pressured to have to make concessions to your ideas, you are going to lose as a business. Because the expert is an expert because of what they've experienced and what they've gone through with other clients and with other customers and with other scenarios. And so uh, they have a breadth of knowledge and case studies in their minds that you are not privy to and you don't have or haven't had because you have been in your specific lane doing what you know how to do. And when you put a an expert that you've hired in a position where they feel like they have to make concessions to you in order to keep the relationship positive, you're not in a very good position as a business. In fact, you have to not allow your expert to make concessions to you. A wise business person, a wise entrepreneur would create a condition, an atmosphere in which the consultants and the experts that they hire would not feel the pressure to make concessions to them as a client. I'm telling you that if you want to win, you've got to understand what is competitive and not competitive when it comes to marketing your product or service. And the way that you do that is either you spend countless, countless, countless hours and years 
learning everything you need to learn and also have experimentations and failed experiences and successful experiences from across various different scenarios. Or you hire someone who has gone through all those things and you trust them and you let them guide you on what's competitive and not competitive, what's right and what's wrong, what would help you and what wouldn't help you. Let the expert be the expert. And that's it for today, for this podcast, for this episode. I hope that that's been helpful to you. I can promise you that I won't, um, excuse my language, BS you in any way. I didn't even use the word because I don't want them to mark this podcast as explicit. Um, But uh, I'll give it to you straight. Um, The number one thing that I've seen uh, that's been bad with clients I've dealt with is when they have uh, gotten to a position where they forget there's a reason why there's an expert in their midst, why they hired the expert in the first place, which is for their vantage point, for their perspective, for their ideas to guide them, not to make concessions to the idea that they have on their own as entrepreneurs or as business people. That's how you make sure that what you're doing is competitive for your business. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on all social media channels at Real MD Chow. That's Real M D C H A U. 